Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, every day I tell you, and it's true, it is a great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, to come here at the 4 o'clock hour on the East Coast live. And I am coming to you live today, 4 o'clock, so if you are listening live, you can also watch the program because we stream uh, our video on our YouTube channel. You know, Domestic Church Media has our own YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also streaming live video on our Facebook page. So you like us on Facebook, and you can watch as well on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, so you can watch, you can listen, all the ways we have to listen, and, and people can listen anywhere in the world as long as they have uh, either a radio or some Internet connection. And, you know, I, I mentioned our free mobile app. We've had, um, I think, close to 1,300 downloads of our app uh, around the world. And uh, when I look at the, because I, I don't know who has it, obviously, but I can see what part of the world, what country or the countries where the download occurred uh, that our mobile app has been downloaded and utilized in every continent uh, except for Antarctica. So we need to get more um, marketing done in Antarctica about the app because every other continent there have been downloads. It's pretty exciting. You know, I think about the old days when I first began and I tend to reminisce a little bit now, <laughs> personally, on the journey and how it began so many years ago and where the Lord has led us. So we thank God for that. Uh, let's pray. Um, uh, I'll tell you what's going on once we pray. Because <laughs> i got to be honest with you, I don't know what's going on. Um, but we are going to pray this prayer, and we are so thrilled that we are getting so many requests for this prayer. Um, because first of all, we're offering to you, uh, to you for free. We're even we're even footing the bill for the postage, because we think it is so important that people pray for our country, especially through the intercession of our nation's patroness, our Blessed Mother, under the title of the Immaculate Conception. So this is a prayer that was prayed at the dedication uh, and consecration of the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. in 1959. And a few weeks ago, I just was asking the Lord, you know, I just felt we need prayer. I think our country, we need to start establishing prayer cells. Um, and and I, we have a wonderful domestic church media family that I would like to be one big prayer cell 
especially between now and November 3rd, praying this prayer for our country. Because I think we find ourselves right now on the brink of, well, danger. You want to call it that? Um, redirection? I don't know. And, you know, we're not, we're not political, but we also have to understand that, you know, this is uh, a very serious situation in our nation's history. So I believe, in my own personal belief, and this is just my own opinion, through prayer and discernment, that it is going to require extreme divine intervention. I suppose any divine intervention is extreme. I mean, direct divine intervention uh, to ensure that our country continues to exist under the principles upon which it was founded uh, 240-some years ago. And so I, I do believe in prayer that, again, this was brought to my attention. I was Googling, you know, prayers for the country. This came up. Uh, I asked our, our wonderful Emily, who does our graphic arts for us here, if she could put this on a 4 by 6 postcard for us. And uh, we did. We ordered 5,000 of them. I want to send them all out for free. I want you to have them and pray them and share them and pass them out maybe even get together, create a little prayer cell uh, to pray for our country. We have to get on our knees. We have to go before the Blessed Mother and ask her to take our country and present our country to our triune God. So let's pray this prayer, then I'll tell you how you can get copies. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us, and acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And let's pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtum Presidium prayer. Our Holy Father, two years ago, asked uh, the faithful to pray these prayers every day with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. And I think we also ought to, ought to include now 
as we pray these prayers, not just to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, but also protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, thank you, my friends, for praying. And uh, we do want to get these prayer cards out to as many people as possible. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, I'm going to hold up to the camera now. See how I can do this when we have video? That's the prayer card. It's four by six. It's laminated with the prayer that we just prayed, the prayer for the United States of America. Uh, I ordered 5,000 of them to start. I hope we have to send out many thousand more, thousands more. Um, I just really feel compelled that, and, you know, people say, well, Jim, how can we afford to do that? Look, I don't, I've learned in the apostolate, you don't ask those questions <laughs> all the time. <laughs> when you feel in prayer that the Lord is asking you to do something, also understand that he'll give you the resources to do it. So without questioning, you, I just went ahead and ordered the 5,000. Well, I had Emily, and of course, Emily volunteers and does wonderful work for us uh, uh, as on a volunteer basis. But then I went ahead and ordered 5,000 of them. Uh, went to the post office yesterday, got a bunch of stamps and, and envelopes and things, and we're all set. We're getting them out. And I believe that the Lord will provide the resources that will pay for all this. I don't worry about that because I know we have many wonderful listeners watching and, and listening right now who will foot that bill one way or another. I don't. So anyway, the important thing is get people praying, uh, praying to our Blessed Mother under the title, as our patroness, the patroness of the United States, uh, under the title of the Immaculate Conception and pray and let's watch the miracles unfold you know we go back to the spring and we when, when all this uh horrible covid 19 business began the pandemic worldwide pandemic so many poor souls lost their lives uh the seriousness of this virus has had such a, a horrible effect on the world and our country but also, I, I, and I don't believe that the, necessarily that the virus is a result of the devil, but I do know and I do believe with all my heart that Satan will use things like this to create and wreak havoc and division and anger and hatred, confusion, and that's happening. I mean, my goodness, all you have to do is watch the news or talk to your neighbor or go to your, uh, talk to people in your parish, if people are even talking in their parish anymore. And even within families, there's, there's splintering and fracturing because of disagreements over 
mask or no mask or wash hands or hand sanitizers or social distancing, all these things. And I'm not saying that you don't do those things. I'm just saying our response to these things and how we're handling it is being incited by the enemy because there's so much negativity. The virus is a horrible thing. The pandemic is a horrible thing. Uh, but how we react to it and within the situation, we're incited, I believe, in many diabolical ways um, that cause division and cause anger and hatred and arguments and suspicions. <laughs> you walk by somebody uh, who's not wearing a mask. Oh, am I going to get it? You have it. You're spreading it. All these things. So bottom line, and then that's just part of it. The, we talk about the social unrest, the racial tensions, the political scene we find ourselves in, the, de the, the deception there in politics and the, uh, the, the mainstream media, the news, the fake news. My goodness. I think back to New Year's Eve. <laughs> you think back to New Year's Eve. You know, Cheryl and I, were, we were such a wonderful New Year's Eve. You know why? Because... We were able, so blessed, to have our two little grandchildren stay with us on New Year's Eve, this past New Year's Eve. And of course, Charlotte was three, and, and Jack was only a year old at the time. But we had them over, and we had little hats and noisemakers, and looking forward to a wonderful 2020, and just a month or two later, we found out that we are going to have our third grandchild, and we were so excited. We spent... Uh, we're very blessed to, to spend a little bit of a winter vacation with the entire family out in the desert southwest. Just lovely times. Went to EWTN in early March. We went on Jim and Joy show met all of our, you know, had spent some time with all of our friends and family down at EWTN. Johnette and Jack and the rest and uh, Doug Keck and Jim and Joy we met. And then, then, the, then, the, then the bottom just dropped out, didn't it? Who would ever have thought on New Year's Eve that we'd be here today with all that's going on? It's diabolical, my friends. We have to pray. And we know that our Blessed Mother is going to crush the head of Satan. And he knows that. He fears her. So that's why I'm sending this prayer card out to you. And you can order multiple copies. You know, within reason, please. I think we... The, the largest number we had requested, and we were able to do it, is send out 100, um, you know, and only for, for postage and, and handling types of costs that, you know, just, but, but we're happy to send them. Please don't, just whatever the Holy Spirit's saying, and, and give them to your friends and family. And I, I, again, don't do it without your pastor's permission, but maybe ask your pastor, and we have li liaisons listening now or watching now, ask your pastor, if we send you some of these, can you put them in the, in the uh, vestibule of the church? people can pick them up and pray okay so we want to send them out to you here it is if you're watching i'm holding the card up to the camera there's the prayer for the united states of america and it's a four by six postcard laminated and i want to send them to you so all you have to do is this go to our website domesticchurchmedia.org that's domesticchurchmedia.org and up on the top there's, you know, different options. There's home, donate, listen, watch, programming, and then there's prayer. And when you scroll your cursor over the word prayer, a little drop-down menu appears, and the first prayer 
you can click on is the prayer for the United States of America. Click on that. It takes you to our uh, page where you can just fill in your name and address and, and how many you want, submit it to us, and we'll get them out to you. And again, we just want everybody in prayer. We want to create this enormous domestic church media family prayer cell <laughs> and get everybody praying. We have, if you've been listening today, yesterday, uh, Cheryl and I recorded the prayer yesterday, or a couple days ago, and uh, we put it on here. So throughout our broadcast day, you'll hear the prayer come up, and we'll pray it. But we do need to pray. We need to pray and ask Our Lady to protect this country. Uh, so anyway, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, scroll over the prayer option, and then the little drop-down menu drops down, and click on prayer for the United States of America, and then give us your name, your address, and how many you want, and we will get them out to you. They're free. Everybody likes free stuff. <laughs> but this is, it's like, it's like sending out, you know, the, the weapons to do battle in this spiritual warfare. I'm very excited about it. I, <laughs> I like the fact that we can do this. Um, again, I'm just the instrument, you know, that's all I am. I just do what God tells me to do. And here we are, uh, you know, in 2020, halfway through the year, and we're, we're going full steam ahead toward election day. And you know, we want to be sure that the right people get in. And it's going to require divine intervention. It's going to require open hearts and minds to truth and to justice and to charity and to putting people in positions of power who will respect the dignity of every person and understand that it is by God's hand that this country is here in the first place and that in God we trust and that we beg and, and plead that God please bless America. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, scroll over the prayer link, click on the prayer for the United States of America, and then fill out the form, submit it, we'll get it, we'll get these prayer cards out to you. That all being said, I didn't know where to go today. <laughs> sometimes I struggle. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> And sometimes I, I have to stop and think, okay, where, where am I going with all this? And what does the Lord want me to do today? And I was going back and forth on a few things. And one of the things that comes up a lot when we find ourselves in situations like this, especially with the pandemic, you know, is it a chastisement? Is it a punishment from God? Are we at the end of all time? And I thought it would be good to share, first of all, a general audience by St. Pope John Paul II from 22 years ago, April of 1998. John Paul II, in his Wednesday general audience, talked about the second coming of Christ at the end of time. Because, you know, my friends, we shouldn't fear this. It's going to happen, whether we're alive here on Earth at the time or not. Nobody knows. But it's going to happen. And I just want to share with you, you know, we love so much John Paul II. It's, it's hard to believe he, he went to the Father's house 15 years ago already. My goodness. Because he was our Holy Father for 26 years. For some people, you know, he was the only, until, until uh, um, Benedict, he was the only pope they knew. 
26 years. That's a, that's a generation, right? But in April of 1998, I'll share some of this with you before we take our break. And then when I come back, because it is Catechism Day, I thought I would then proceed to the Catechism section on the end of time. Not trying to scare you. <laughs> Just trying to put things in perspective, that's all. This is what John Paul said at the Wednesday General Audience, April 22nd, 1998. And, of course, remember now, if you do remember, those of you who remember leading up to the Jubilee, uh, for three years the Holy Father dedicated each year to a different person of the, of the Holy Trinity. And he said this, While the path to the Jubilee recalls the first historical coming of Christ, it also invites us to look forward with expectation to his second coming at the end of time. <laughs> a lot of people fear that. I don't know why. As the Holy Father said, we should be looking forward with great expectation to the Lord's second coming at the end of time. And John Paul said this eschatological perspective, which shows the fundamental orientation of Christian life towards the ultimate realities, is a continual call both to hope and to involvement in the church and in the world. Uh, you know, you might remember, too, uh, leading up to the year 2000, we had the Y2K uh, specter, you know, waiting for us. Remember that? The Y2K. Uh, people thought that the year 2000, the turn of the century, because we were really just in the beginnings of the computer age, so to speak, and everybody was was um, converting to, you know, computer language and putting things in controls of computer, control of computers, and uh, so people were, were afraid because programmers, many, most programmers forgot that, you know, when the uh, turn of the century comes, the years will go from 1999 to 2000. And our computers ready to handle that change? Did we program that in there? And people were thinking that the computers were going to crash and we were going to go back to the mid-1800s where the electrical grid would go down, air traffic controllers, you know, planes would drop out of the sky. People were running off to the hills and building caves and bringing cans of dinty more hash with them and water because they thought this is the end. <laughs> John Paul, too. I will never forget, I was so... He, he, he called the world gathering of families in January of 2000, encouraging people, families, to come to Rome <laughs> in January. And I thought if the world was going to fall apart, he would, you know, if anybody had a hotline to heaven, it was John Paul II. He would be calling people to, uh, to Rome, figuring that planes would drop out of the sky on the way over. So in this uh, year, 1998, which I believe was the year dedicated to our Lord. He's giving this little teaching on the second coming, but he does remind us that, you know, we need to have hope and involvement in the church and in the world leading up to the Lord's second coming. He said, we must not forget that for Christians, the eschaton, that is, the final event, is to be understood not only as a future goal, but as a reality which has already begun in the historical coming of Christ. His passion, death, and resurrection are the supreme event in the history of humanity, 
which has now entered its final phase, making a, a qualitative leap, so to speak. The horizon of a new relationship with God is unfolding for humanity, marked by the great offer of salvation in Christ. So reminding us that, you know, when you hear people talk about these are the end times, we as Christians say, well, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we, we've been in the end times since the ascension of our Lord. We've been waiting for him to come back. And as John Paul reminded us, you know, we should look forward with great expectation to his coming back, not fearing it. But when he comes back, that's the end of the world. Well, yeah, but it's the beginning of the new heaven and earth. That's what we're looking forward to. So Holy Father John Paul then continued, and this is April of 1998, that is why Jesus can say, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. The resurrection of the dead, expected at the end of time, already received its first decisive realization in spiritual resurrection, the primary objective of the work of salvation. It consists in the new life given by the risen Christ as the fruit of his redemptive work. It is the mystery of rebirth in water and the spirit, which deeply marks the present and future of all humanity, even if its effectiveness at the moment is shown only in those to who totally accept God's gift and radiate it in the world. He said the twofold, this twofold dimension, both present and future, of Christ's coming is apparent in his words. In the eschatological discourse, which immediately precedes the Paschal drama, Jesus predicts they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Wouldn't you like to be alive when that happens? <laughs> I would love that, wouldn't you? To see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory? Better than any 3D cinematic thing Hollywood can come up with. <laughs> That would greatly pale, greatly, greatly pale in comparison to this great event. The Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And you wonder what the world or how the world will react to that. Imagine today's world. Imagine we, we you know, I, I get a chance to finish the program at 5 o'clock. Uh, you know, and my routine is pretty, pretty... Uh, uh, normal each day I'll, I'll kind of lock things up here in the studio go lock up my office then I go to the chapel and I uh, pray my evening prayer sit before the tabernacle a little bit thank the Lord for another great day and opportunity to serve and look forward to more time doing so and imagine opening the door getting ready to walk over to my car and looking up and then seeing the, the Lord coming in clouds with great power and glory. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. No, if we're alive for that, we don't die. We don't die a physical death, so to speak. Just be taken as is at that point, I suppose. <laughs> but he's going to send out his angels, 
and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. That certainly is nothing to fear. But you know, as we live this life, my friends, we know that there will be an end to it. Now, um, the Holy Father John Paul continued, in apocalyptic language, clouds signify a, th a theophany. They indicate that the second coming of the Son of Man will not take place in the weakness of flesh, but in divine power. These words of the discourse suggest the ultimate future that will bring history to an end. However, in the answer he gives to the high priest during his trial, Jesus repeats the eschatological prophecy, formulating it in terms of an imminent event. I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. John Paul said by comparing these words with those of this previous decor, uh, the, the previous discourse, one can grasp the dynamic sense of Christian eschatology. Eschat <laughs> oh, oh, professional Jim is stuttering on his words here. Eschatology as an historical process which already, uh, which has already begun and is moving toward its fullness. So we're in the end times. We're waiting. Waiting for the Lord's great and glorious return. And the way the world is today, wouldn't you like to see that happen? You know, I sit in my office sometimes, and you scroll through, you read some news accounts of things that are going on, things that are being said, what the future holds, and you think, okay, Jesus, please, come and take us home. <laughs> Get us out of here. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I know I'm not ready for heaven. <clears throat> I know I have to do a lot of purgatory time. <clears throat> but I think it's time that uh, what's happening down here, the, the Lord says, okay, that's enough. I've had enough of this. We'll see. Okay, let me take a break. We'll come back. I want to go to the, this, this, this Thursday to the catechism on the same topic. So stay where you are, friends. I'll be right back. said, the key that opens the door to faith is prayer. Join St. Paul Street Evangelization by running a prayer station in the public square. You don't need to be a professional apologist or theologian. Just listen to the needs of the people you encounter. Offer encouragement, take prayer requests, and pray with people. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. The good news is that as we struggle and God pours grace into us and we correspond and we rise and we fall, rise and fall, God in his infinite mercy loves us, keeps us going, gives us strength and courage and joy, joy. Be joyful. Go on, smile. <laughs> It won't hurt you, even if you got a problem. Even if you got a problem, smile at your neighbor. I want you to remember a little sentence, and the sentence is this. You may be the only Jesus your neighbor will ever see. I want you to know your dignity. I want you to know how great you are before God. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Lahaska to Long Branch. Solberry to Seaside Park. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back on this July 23rd, 2020, already July. You know, I look ahead to the weather, and it looks like it's just going to be steamy and muggy and hot <laughs> through, through next week. So, typical July, end of July. I know some people like that kind of weather. I'm, I'm not really, I don't mind the heat as much as I mind the humidity, but. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to the catechism in just a little bit. But before we do that, I uh, just want to remind you that the, and I, I saw someone already ordered 
some prayer cards. So keep ordering because you want to keep sending them out. They're free. You can't. They're free. You know, it doesn't cost you a cent. Um, go to our website, Domestic Church Media. Scroll over the prayer link. Click on Prayer for the United States of America, and you'll see this beautiful four by six laminated prayer card with the prayer for the U.S. on here. And uh, we want everybody to pray it. And just keep praying, praying for our country. We'll send you whatever you want. It's free on us. We even pay the postage. So don't let that opportunity pass you by. Now, I was listening to that um, little spot we run, uh, Mother Angelica, We Need Catholic Radio. That's from an interview I did with Mother, the first interview I did with Mother ever, a radio interview. It was 1999. I'm sorry, it was the second interview, 1999. The first one I did was a year earlier. The second one I did with Mother, 1999. And um, that I cut that little snippet out and little, made a little little pitch with it because she, she said, I hope everybody supports you. We need Catholic Radio. Um, and there's a little, a little backstory to that because I had arranged that interview with Mother and she was very gracious. You know, I was doing my radio program. This program, even back in 1999, I was doing it. And uh, I asked if Mother, I asked the network if Mother would be come on the phone with me and, and, and I can do an interview with her. And they said yes. And I was very happy. And so I did this interview. It's about an hour long. But I took the little bit out and made the um, spot that we run regularly here. And... Um, a day or two later, I got a call from the uh, radio marketing manager from EWTN, wonderful gentleman, his name was Bernard, uh, who arranged the interview. And he called me and he said, Jim, I just want to make, did, did Mother come on the radio with you the other day? I said, yeah, she did. He said, because I got to tell you, there was, there was a, co- a scheduling conflict. And there was a major meeting that Mother had to be in at the network at the same time uh, that we had scheduled the interview. And Bernard told me that when it came time for the interview, she excused herself and said, I promised I would do this interview. I'm going to do this interview. And she left this meeting with major benefactors and, and execs and things and, and came on the phone with me. Um, and I didn't know that at the time of the interview, but found out, as I said, a couple of days later. But she went from the uh, meeting wherever in in the conference room there down at the network and went to her office and did the phone call with me. And as I mentioned to you, and you probably know if you're a regular listener, you know, back in the the spring, Cheryl and I had the wonderful opportunity of going down to EWTN to be guests on Jim and Joy's program for a couple of episodes. And uh, at EWTN, there's just this big, big studio area where they do all their live programs, just different sets. And it's the studio that Mother originally had built where she used to do her program, but her office was off the studio. And where we were when we were down there, prior to uh, recording the program with Jim and Joy, we were a little waiting area, a little, we had lunch. It was in Mother's old office. And I, I thought right away, this is probably where she sat and made that phone call. <laughs> that From that very office where we sat, Mother called me uh, amidst her very, very busy schedule do that interview and here we are so many years later still playing that little little spot where she said we need catholic radio we need catholic television and uh, very important she said and i i probably did i do have the whole interview 
I maybe could update that because she also said we need Catholic Internet. I didn't put that part in there, but but then she said, remember, we shall answer to God if we don't have it. So I want to thank all of you out there who continue to support us uh, for the, these many, many years now, because without you, this these stations wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have any of this. None of this is my doing. I'm just... You know, Mother would say, and I'm I'm a a perfect example of it, that God chooses dodos to do his work. And that's what I do. I'm the dodo doing God's work. Uh, But I can't do it without you. So thank you all who continue to support us, continue to send us your donations, because we can't do any of this without you. This is such an important uh, apostolate, especially now, where we can incorporate just universal prayer, you know, by praying this prayer for our country, by getting these prayers out to you, by encouraging uh, these, what I would like to think now of a, a, a large domestic church media family prayer cell, continually invoking our Blessed Mother's intercession on behalf of our country. So, again, I just, I, you know, I just reminisce. I hear Mother's voice uh, and when Cheryl and I were down there in the spring, we didn't have a chance to get up to Hansfield to go to her tomb, but we do really want to get back down there because the way things are now, nobody's really traveling. But, uh, you know, eventually we would like to have another pilgrimage go down to EWTN so we can go. And I think it's going to be in um, in next year, 2021, right? It'll be the fifth anniversary of Mother's Passing. And you know, after five years, they can open the cause for canonization. I haven't heard anything about that, but we'll look forward to hearing that news as well. Uh, tomorrow, Friday Live, sure will be here 4 o'clock with me. We have a wonderful program lined up. Uh, we know that Father Jeff Kegley, who's the pastor of St. Mary uh, uh, in Middletown, St. Mary's in Middletown, has a lot of friends and a lot of admirers. Father Jeff's going to be joining us by phone tomorrow uh, as one of our guests. And then also, we're going to be joined by Jim Papandrea, who's written a book, What Really Happens After We Die. (laughs) We'll find out. We'll find out from Mr. Papandrea tomorrow. And, of course, music, talk, Jim Hoffman's weather, etc. So please tune in tomorrow, 4 o'clock, 4 to 6, for Friday Live with Cheryl and me. So Thursday is traditionally Catechism Day. We're going to go to the Catechism, and this is the section of the Catechism entitled, The Hope of the New Heaven and the New Earth. Okay? And we'll start with paragraph 1042. It says, At the end of time, the kingdom of God will come to its in its fullness. After the universal judgment, the righteous will reign forever with Christ, glorified in body and soul. Wow! That's uh, something to look forward to. <laughs> to be glorified in body and soul and reigning with Christ. The universe itself will be renewed. And the Catechism says the church will receive her perfection only in the glory of heaven when will come the time of the renewal of all things. At that time, together with the human race, the universe itself which is so closely related, related to man and which attains its destiny through him, will be perfectly reestablished in Christ. Aren't we all looking forward to that? 
I mean, really, after all that we've been going through, especially this year, to look forward to our church in perfection in the glory of heaven, a time of renewal for all things, the human race, the universe itself, attaining its destiny, being perfectly reestablished in Christ. That's it. That's heaven, right? The Catechism says, Sacred Scripture calls this mysterious renewal, which will transform humanity and the world, new heavens and a new earth. It will be definitive, uh, be the definitive realization of God's plan to bring under, under a single head all things in Christ, all things in heaven and things on earth. You know, did you, uh, have you seen uh, this amazing um, video that is now being received from our um, landing on the planet Mars. I think there are a few of them up there now. But they sent back these videos in 4D, you know, HD, four, you know, the, 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 you know, high quality, high uh, uh, HD. I mean, beautiful, beautiful images of of the, the surface of Mars. Kind of looks like the desert southwest <laughs> in many places with a red sky, with no blue sky, red sky on Mars. But desolate, there's nothing there, there's no life. You think about our planet here, third from the sun, in our little, our little piece of the universe, teeny tiny iota, you know, compared to the vastness of the universe, our little speck of a planet, and we little specks living on the planet, in this desolate solar system. And yet we know that the one who created it all, the one who, just by willing it, brought it into being, into existence, knows each and every one of us so intimately that yeah, on, on, on at face value, we're just a teeny tiny iota of a speck on a speck of a planet and a speck of a solar system in the vastness of the universe. Yet our God knows and loves each and every one of us as if we were the only creation of his. And there will come a time when all of this becomes new, this new heavens and, and the new earth. The Catechism says, in this new universe, the heavenly Jerusalem, God will have his dwelling among men. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. You know, if you've gone through and we all have, at one point or another, I suppose, you know, the, the passing of a loved one from life into the next life. We don't see them anymore. We know they live. They, they're, they're more alive now than they ever were. 
and one day we too shall pass through and be with them again, ourselves. You know, life doesn't end. God will wipe away every tear from our eye, and death shall be no more. No more crying, no more mourning, no more pain. For all those things have passed away. I mean, something so much to look forward to. Not that we look for death, but we know it's inevitable, it's going to happen, and we will be transitioned into the next life. For man, the Catechism says, this consummation will be the final realization of the unity of the human race, which God willed from creation and of which the pilgrim church has been in the nature of, sa of sacrament. Those who are united with Christ will form the community of the redeemed, the holy city of God, the bride, the wife of the Lamb. She will not be wounded any longer by sin, stains, self-love that destroy or wound the earthly community. The beatific vision in which God opens himself in an inexhaustible way to the elect will be the ever-flowing wellspring of happiness, peace, and mutual communion. You know, we, we see all the division, we see all the hatred, the violence, the anger against each other here in this world. Our Lord came here 2,000 years ago to teach us to love, teach us uh, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we haven't learned that yet. But we know that there will come a time when all of that will have passed away, that there will be a new heavens and a new earth. The Catechism says, for the cosmos, Revelation affirms the profound common destiny of the material world and man. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God and hope because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now, not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we await for, the, for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. The visible universe then it is itself destined to be transformed so that the world itself restored to its original state facing no further obstacles should be at the service of the just sharing their glorification in the risen Jesus Christ. All these things await us. You know, we try to build up here on earth the kingdom of God. We try to build up here in love and charity. You know, and when we see things being torn down, it's, it's, I think what we're seeing now, you know, and uh, we see the statues coming down. We see the, the buildings being burned. We, we see the, the, the uh, total disregard for the dignity of the human person uh, as we, we, we fight each other and we, we hurt each other. We look to destroy each other. None of these things are of God. None of these things. They're of diabolical influence because of the destruction they cause, because of the anger, the hatred that we show toward each other. And, and these things should be greatly disturbing us. 
Not surprise, though. All a result of the fall. All a result of sin. And as we have exiled God out of our societal existence, an enormous void is left, and, and, and the uh, fallen nature that man has tries to fill it with things of the world. And those things of the world rot and decay and fall apart and are of no value and no, no satisfaction. But we've, we've, we've exiled God. We have to build up. This is why, the, you know, we talk about our country founded upon those basic Judeo-Christian principles. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, that all men are created equal by the Creator. That's the foundation of our country. And you know the devil has hated this country from the very beginning of its inception. For that very reason. Because it was upon those principles that the country was founded. The principles that are so... Um, uh, uh, in conflict with the desire and the uh, wishes of the, the, the enemy who wants nothing but destruction and hatred and death. Paragraph 1048 in the Catechism says, We know neither the moment of the cons consummation of the earth and of man, nor the way in which the universe will be transformed. The form of this world, distorted by sin, is passing away. And we are taught that God is preparing a new dwelling and a new earth in which righteous, righteousness dwells, in which happiness will fill the s and surpass all the desires of peace arising in the hearts of men. But we have to start that here. This earth and our existence on it is not meant to be a place of misery. Oh, there will be suffering. That's part of our fallen nature. There will be pain. There will be crying. There will be uh, uh, death, obviously. But that's a result of sin. But we also know that while we are here, that the Lord requires us to seek holiness, to work on our personal sanctification to build up the kingdom here on earth so that transition when it comes will be one of even greater joy something to look forward to a little piece of heaven right now we talked about this uh, a few programs ago you know we can all think of times in our life when we experienced just a little bit of heaven that became so uh, much a, a, a rise above into another realm of existence, the birth of a child, a marriage, uh, those occasions of, of situations that we, we uh, uh, live through that, that give us a little, a little teeny tiny hint of what an, an eternal existence in, in the beatific vision will be for each and every one of us. We're called to begin that now, to build up, in love and charity. And that's the problem we have in the world today. That's the problem we have in our country right now. Again, the division is, is uh, so prevalent. 
in so many areas. I can't think of one area of life that it's not. It even has infiltrated our parishes. People leaving parishes, people leaving the church, uh, people in families being splintered and, and, and separated over things, dividing them. We see this division is so prevalent in, in, in every area. It's, and it's so destructive, and the devil loves it. He loves it. He, 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 he thrives on it. He incites us into it. <laughs> so we think about our Lord's great and glorious second coming on the clouds. And as Holy Father St. Pope John Paul said in the first part of the program I shared with you, we should joyfully anticipate this and hope for it. I'd like to be here when it happens. We should not run from it or fear it or, or, or dread it. We should be praying for it. Come, Lord Jesus. They've been praying that prayer since our Lord ascended into heaven. Those, those disciples who were there for the ascension, looking up, and the angel said, what are you looking for? They, they, they just saw our Lord being ascended, ascending into heaven, and, 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 and they want him back. <laughs> oh, he's going to come again the same way he went up only on the clouds with all his armies of angels returning in great glory. And that's what we await. That's what we look forward to and, and anticipate and hope for. So in all that we go through, we know we have that to look forward to. Okay, I got to go. Tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Cheryl's here. Friday Live, Father Jeff Kegley, uh, Jim Papadrea. What is it really like when you die? But Father Jeff is coming, too. I know you uh, have, he has many, many admirers. So join us at 4 o'clock tomorrow for Friday Live. Enjoy the rest of your July 23rd, my friends. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Father.